everyone, welcome to another brain melting edition of ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who is 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration with just a hint of cheese, the Brent. I think I'm 90% filler. Well, <laughs> listen, someone had to hold down the seat, you know what I'm saying, man. I got that covered. So, if you joined us last week, I think they did. They may have. We spun the wheel. We did. We made the deal. And this week, we will be presenting games from the very old school, or second original handheld, depending on your point of view, <laughs> the Atari Lynx. Yes. Now, Brent, what do you know about the Atari Lynx? I actually knew someone who owned one of these. <laughs> you knew uh, a guy that yes. knew a guy. No, I, I had a direct friend that owned one of these, and I played and enjoyed the screen. Um, even back then, was a bit of a pixelated mess, uh, just because of the the resolution of the, the device. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I played it. I had fun. Um, I believe I. I'm trying to think of the big game I played on it, and it actually is just out of my memory right now. But yeah, it was a fun time. You know the uh, the story of the uh, of the Atari Lynx is sort of a it's sort of a sad tale. Really. It, you know what? It actually. If you think about the history of video games, it mimics a lot of the history of video games. Well, it's funny. A, a player is in, is in on this story that we've talked about in an earlier episode. So let's just yep. let's touch on the uh, on the uh, the Atari Lynx. So uh, the Lynx uh, came out. It was released in September of 1989. Yep. September 1st, actually. And it they ran this thing till about ninety five. By ninety five, the doors had come off, the wheels had come off, and it was skidding on the cement. Uh, well it, before ninety five, it introduced at a price of one eighty uh, or one seventy nine ninety nine to be super technical. That's about the three hundred eighty six American dollar bill in two thousand eighteen. So that would have been an expensive unit uh, of any sort. But if you consider what it did. It was uh, really in its own class at the time. Yeah, it really, the uh, price tag on this, considering the things around it, was not horrible. Right. The uh, uh, total units sold on this, you know, I've, I've read several different numbers. The, the, the number that floats around is 3 million units. That's the number that's widely accepted. That much said, um, I've, I've heard it, I've heard conjecture that it was, that it was, Slightly less or many more, but that's the agreed upon number without strong numbers. When it comes to game sales or uh, unit sales, that in a precise way, there were I couldn't find any figures that were one hundred percent perfect. So I'm guessing that is counting all <clears throat> generations of the length. That's right, and okay. and, and, and world, those are worldwide sales. So right. three million with three million, it's not a ton, is it? It's not, but you know that's actually more than I would have estimated. Right. Um, by about a million. Yeah. So. Now, when the when the Lynx debuted, Nintendo pretty much was running the console market in the United States and Japan. They had ninety percent of the respective markets, which is amazing. So Atari was trying to bounce back, and they saw this as their end. Um, the fellow that was running Atari at the time, Jack Tremell, the same guy that had ran Connor when the Vic was introduced, we talked about, uh, was uh, looking for an angle, and and when when he was approached. Uh, with this item, he saw an angle to get back into that console market to get him a piece of the action. But stepping back a little bit, yeah, um, <laughs> this the the uh, the Lynx was really developed by an out uh, by Epics, which Epics, yes. if you're 
familiar with their great library of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did all the games games uh, for starter. They you know they did. We talked about Temple uh, Apache or Apshaw last week. They did that. They did. I mean, they just did a zillion games. They yeah. had a, a, a huge uh, presence on the C sixty four. Uh, on the Amiga, the Impossible Missions were theirs, you know. Sword of Fargor. And so, uh, yeah, Sword of Fargor, that's yeah. right. And so, uh, uh, they sort of came across the idea of making this powerful handheld. Now, the two the two fellas that sort of spearheaded it, uh, well, you had uh, R.J. Uh, Michael and Dave Needle. Now, these guys were uh, old Amiga designers. Yes, uh, they were. To, to, to meet the worlds here. And, of course, Dave Needle, uh, people... His videos about Amiga on uh, you know pr- from the old days uh, all the time. He's the, he's a pretty was a real big voice for the uh, on the Amiga, and so they began work on this uh, handheld that they called the Handy. Yes, right, the Handy. So uh, they shopped this thing around, you know, and because they actually had a working device, it took them about a year to get it together, and which is incredible. And keep it in mind that this is a co- full color handheld. Uh, that uh, plays 16-bit games. This thing's no joke. And so they shopped it to Nintendo. Now, the Nintendo story is a funny one. Yes. I've, I've heard this a couple places. Uh, I guess when they went over to Japan to uh, to hard sell uh, the Nintendo folks, they really were sort of jerks yeah, Well, Nintendo. They did not go in with a plan. Yeah, they and, went in and thought they could just strong-arm. They, I don't know if they weren't familiar with the Japanese etiquette, or I, if they just didn't care, I would wager. Your, I think they probably didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah. And it, and and you got to think, this is when Nintendo was at the peak of their yeah. power. They'd really came into their own. And there were, if you'll recall, Nintendo ran the console market with an iron fist. They did, like literally. So when it you was... when you stroll into Nintendo headquarters, you got the uh, all the executives at the long table, and then you go in there and start giving them the business. Yeah, it didn't go over well. No. And, and and the story goes. That after hard selling these guys for a while, Nintendo got so sick of these uh, jokers that they went and fetched two boxes and brought in the original Game Boy and yes. said, "Look, we got this." Linked to Gabe together, showing that it was you know multi because that was one of the big things that they were trying to sell the links on. Right. It's like, man, well, you can hook up all these th- links together and play multiplayer. Yeah. And Nintendo was like, "Yeah, we got it covered." And so these guys were gone out of there. So they knew they were bone there, and so. It's the old deal with the devil. They they uh, got with Jack Tremell and decided to they were going to work on the uh, handy together. And uh, Tremell made them the old offer. This guy was, I mean, this guy. If you know anything about Jack Tremell, he had always had an angle, yes, a diabolical angle. And in this case, he told. The guys over at Epix, he says, "Listen, we will set you up financially because Epix was running out of money to fund this project. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll fund you financially for sixty days, and, and to get the bugs and stuff worked out, you know, you got sixty days. So, well, it went longer than sixty days, and it gave Tremel and Atari leverage over Epix. So they knew they had them. So Tremel played a card that he played many times, many times. He played this card. He just didn't pay Epix. Yeah, and so Epix was boned." He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to pay you, you know, because you took too long. This is a card that they played a lot. In fact, this resulted in Atari picking up, you know, chip manufacturers, plastic manufacturers. They just wouldn't pay these people. They would withhold payment. I mean, don't get me wrong. It ain't legal. It ain't right. But they would do this, and it was something they did over and over and over. Yeah. Tremel did it at Commodore, and he did it at Atari. 
And eventually, Epics was in a... He said, listen, here's the offer. We're taking the handy. It now belongs to Atari. And, and we were taking everything. They didn't have a choice. They had to make the deal. And the Atari Lynx was born in the a cauldron of, of, of business controversy yes. and anguish. And as an added kick in the pants, the two uh, former Amiga programmers and, uh, and designers uh, and uh, hardware folk they were advised by their lawyers, apparently, to stick around. They wouldn't get sued, so they had to go and w- work with the guy that screwed them. Yeah. So yeah. you got to give Tremel some credit for his, well, he, he's, his evil ways. He, he's an evil genius. You know, but, you know, let's... To, and people kill this guy, okay? And maybe he deserves it, but I'm not a businessman, if you will, and business is different than real life. I mean, you've got to sort of be a scoundrel sometimes. Well, yeah, successful people... More often than not, aren't nice people. It really stinks. In the realm of business. Yeah, and, and just to get into you know, Epics a little bit uh, uh, before we close that down and move along with the hardware. You know, Epics was such a was such a great game design outfit. You know, and they had been around forever. And one of the things that really screwed Epics was that when when consoles were on the rise, uh, they chose they made a conscious decision. To stick with the with the, the Commodore sixty four, yeah. they stick with the home computer market, and it uh, it cost them. It, they they stayed way longer than they should have. It did, and and the, the sad truth <laughs> of the matter is, uh, they could have been around, uh, uh, you know, longer than they were. Unlike most companies that that kind of slipped down that hole, uh, Epics made good games. Not right. always. Not always. But they, they but almost they, always did. But they made good games. To put it in perspective, uh, Epics had 145 employees in 88, and by the end of 89, they had 20 employees. Wow. They went to bankruptcy. They came back out uh, only with the Link stuff. And then finally in 93, they had eight people left. They decided to sell off all the company, and uh, an outfit called Bridgestone Media Group bought the rights to the rest, whatever assets they still had. And uh, they gave eight those eight people uh, job offers. Only one of them took it, and then that was the end of that was the end of uh, Epics. Now, in two thousand six, the story rolls on. A British publisher, System Three, announced that it had acquired Epics assets to release games like California Games and Impossible Mission and whatnot for uh, newer newer right. computers and newer uh, handhelds and, and and whatnot. So, uh, and whether they, I don't know if they released. Excuse me, I don't know if they released like a California Games or Impossible Mission for the DS or anything. And maybe you know, I don't know if they did that or not, but that was the plan anyway uh, to to release that stuff. So let's talk about the the handy, aka the Atari Lynx, right now. Uh, I've actually held one of these. I've played one, yeah. um, and it they're an interesting. They're a large, yeah, large unit. Uh, the cartridges in the back can be real difficult. They can be real difficult to get out. Yeah, which is why they ch- they had that little lip for a reason. Yeah, they yeah. changed they changed the uh, um, the uh, the way the cartridges are made. Mm-hmm. Now I've I've used both, and they yeah that could absolutely be a problem. Um, this thing was a real uh, decent little runner. I mean, it's actually a more powerful system than than probably any of the other con- uh, handhelds that end up coming around at the time. I've actually got uh, one. Of, I've got Sega's. Game Gear, I do own that, and I, of course, the Game Boy. We've all had one of those at some point. And while the Game Boy had uh, leagues more battery life than the other two, yeah, uh, the, the the Lynx actually had a better battery life than the Game Gear does. And I can tell you, the Game Gear will go through some batteries. And then uh, also, it, it was more powerful just from a hardware perspective. It was a it was a very 
powerful unit that they yes. that they stuck in there. As you mentioned, it did have uh, link up capabilities that you could actually link eight of these together, mm -hmm. which is that's impressive. Um, it also had, uh, of course, it had a beautiful color screen as well. It definitely had a color screen. You did not think it was beautiful? Uh, no, no. I it was it was pretty it was pretty pixely. Uh, and it had smearing. It was I mean, backlit, dude. It was. It was. Enough said. Enough said. Now, did you see where originally there were talks of making the links with a black and white screen? No, I did not read that. Yes. They were going to use a black and white screen and a uh, smaller processor package yeah. to increase the battery life and reduce the size of the console. Was this to compete with, directly with the Game this Boy? This was before they knew about the Game really? Boy stuff. Yeah, this was just a part of their design specs. Uh, and ultimately, it, it the color screen won out. They were uh, There were a couple of developers, I think it was the developers, that really pushed the, you know, it's got to be a color screen. That's the whole point, you know. Um, and then I, I'm sure the success of the Game Boy made him go, man, I think we should have went with that black and white screen. I think we would have been, although it's what made them different than the Game Boy. Yeah. So maybe that color screen Plus, is the only saw, thing that saved wait, I remember the first game I ever saw in there was California Games, which is, an, and Epic's uh, developed some games for the system yes. and was responsible for the, uh, they sort of oversaw the software on the system. Beautiful, beautiful game. It looked at it looked great. It looked just like a console would. Had the, had good decent sound. Um, it that's that's what made it beautiful. I mean, you could get a little over two hours on the batteries. That's not bad. That's and that's also a bit of a pipe dream. You well, almost never got no, you that. No, I mean, I, I I don't. I never got to sit down and play with them. But that's what that's the generally conceived. That's usually what they say. A couple hours. Um, the uh, it's funny when these were originally in development, they actually had infrared. Uh, freaking networking, yeah. But then they realized that was uh, not Stupid. a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> if you walked anywhere near the beam, it would, it would go away. <laughs> uh, they released the Lynx two. Yes. Uh, and uh, and I believe they had it ready to go in in, in ninety one. Uh, it was uh, smaller because uh, the Lynx was a large unit. It wasn't as large as the Game Gear. I don't, but it was it was still pretty large. The, the problem well, was, with, it depends on it. It was thick. The you know? the problem with the original links was it was so long it actually got uncomfortable. Yeah, I have played both both versions of the links and the the newer revision way better. The links too way better. Um, yes. The uh, funny thing about the links it was uh, one of the few systems that was available for use for lefties. Yeah, it was you could actually use it both yep. ways. Just so turn the whole, whole thing around. I thought that was it was kind of a neat a, a neat angle. Yep. So unfortunately, also yeah. I forgot to mention, yeah. links to the battery life. Yeah, it was better. double. Yeah, it, it could get. I mean, theoretically, they said it could get up to five hours. It, believe, it wasn't going to get that long. I believe one of the main reasons that it was the fact that it got a different screen. I think that was it, the, it, well, yeah. it had chip changes too. Yeah. So you know, just like any yeah. other revision, but by this time. Too little, too late. And it always bugged me. I'll be no, honest No, that's not true. How do you think? When the Lynx 2 came out, they actually saw a surge. A surge? They only sold 3 million total worldwide. Well, there was not a surge of any kind. But I mean, here's the thing. The Game they, Boy was selling... If they know. wouldn't have launched the Lynx 2, I think that was a poor name, but if they wouldn't have launched that, uh, it, we wouldn't even be sitting here talking about what it. What would you have called it? Son of Lynx? No. You I, gotta call it Lynx something. No, you just call, you just call it Lynx. Because... People, in my opinion, I think calling it Lynx 2 makes people think that's a new system that's not going to play the Lynx games. I think you just call it Lynx, 
You put it on the shelf and you keep rolling. To, to keep confusion down, you just call it the Lynx U. And that's all you need to do. <laughs> just put a U on the end. People will know. People will know. Uh, so... The, uh, the but the links overall you know, I I liked it I, FYI I thought you know I do this all the time when we do one of these uh, episodes I'm like I'm gonna buy me one of these suckers we can just set it right on the desk wham bam no <laughs> no you're not going to do that no, you, I tried to find one locally forget about it yeah I talked to a local game guy he said he saw one six months ago they don't come around too much <laughs> and these things are pricey I looked in that you're, you're talking well over a hundred dollar bill. Somewhere in the $130 range, generally, and uh, and your quality may vary. I know some of these things are looking kind of ratty, yeah, uh, as well. So there's it's a, a it's a real bummer. There's a big uh, third party thing that you can replace your screen I've with an that, actual yeah. LCD panel. They've yeah, they've got kits for that. Uh, something to mention on the cart styles. There were actually three official cart styles. Oh uh, yeah, because yeah, the I knew about on these, two of them. Yeah, the carts on these are. Are just like a, almost like an SD card. Imagine like a large SD card. Yeah. So when you put it into the system, and the system didn't have a manual eject, it you had to physically remove them from the system. Right. Um, the first carts were just flat on the back. Yeah. And you couldn't. I mean, you had to press against the back of the thing, and which was pressing against the back of the unit, and slide them up. It yeah. was a pain. It was not unheard of of people saying. I can't change games. I can't get that out of there. Yeah. Because they jam it in there so yeah. hard. It was That was a real flaw. So the next cart style was called the Rigid. And what they did with that was, well, we'll get this flat back. We'll just put two plastic pieces on, on that people can kind of put their fingers on, which was better. But the plastic pieces would break. when you. I mean, that's how much it took to get these things out. Right. <clears throat> so the, the last revision... Was an act the curved cart, yeah. where the curve and that allowed you to get enough leverage to actually pull the games out. You know, I had a similar situation with the Atari uh, seventy eight hundred, where it just it was hard, really tough to get those games in and out of that thing. Which is weird. you wouldn't think that, but it was. I don't know what it's an Atari thing. Uh, everyone needs the old Odyssey handle. That would have made yeah. it, we, would, oh, well, we would all would have been laughing. Uh, another thing that got sold a lot were screen protectors, but things that actually would. When you're done playing, it, these weren't like you would think of screen protectors today for cell phones. They weren't a clear plastic sheet. These were big plastic units that would go over your screen that would prevent scratching. And the reason for that is one of the things they did to try to make the links cheaper was to give it cheaper glass on the front. So uh -huh. it was really prone to scratching. Oh boy, that would explain a lot of these used units that I, that I, I see around. You know, when the game, when the unit came out, it was very well received. It sold very well in test markets. Uh, it was given good, uh, it was given good numbers. Uh, you know, five out of five by Dragon Magazine, which Dragon's an old magazine I used to read back in the day. It was an RPG magazine that also covered video yes. games occasionally, if you'll recall. Um, and it always irritated me, I'll be as on a personal note, that these beautiful screened games, and I'll use the Game Gear and I'll use the, uh, uh, the links as examples got thumped by Nintendo because they were so much more attractive and backlit. I could not, for life, me figure out why the Nintendo game got so much love. Now it was clearly battery life, and plus it had the games. 
Not which helped that. <laughs> but, uh, yep. but the Lynx had some decent games, and the Game Gear had some great games. Well, you know? the, or, I mean, so the problem with the Lynx was they could not get the third party support that they needed. Yeah. And the reason why they couldn't get the third party support was they couldn't move enough units. And the reason why they couldn't move enough units was because, and it's that whole. I will say, if you look over the Lynx uh, library of games, mm-hmm. it is there's a lot of the same old, same old, and that we've seen yeah. a million times for Atari. Yep. Your Battle Zone, your Miss Command, you're that, you know, that Miss Pac Man, that stuff. So, it, it there, there you go. Uh, here's something that we'll tie in uh, a little bit later. Uh, uh, in the eight, in the nineties, the second half of the nineties, Telegames released a bunch of uh, games for the. Uh, uh, for the for the links, which we'll and we'll talk about how successful they were when we get to your game. Um, <clears throat> so just for fun, I wrote down because again, who knows what games are on the links? We don't really look. So I, right. I picked the, what was considered the ten best games, uh, and uh, thought we'd go over them here until you tell me if you heard any of these things. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I, I think I can guess the top three. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you the top ten here. Uh, and this is in uh, no really no particular order. In okay. fact, there's no official top ten. This is one I called together. So you got Miss Pac-Man. Of course. And by the way, you'll notice a trend on the live these. Yeah, well, it, that's definitely what I would have said. Rampage, which okay. looks really good. Uh, Lemmings. Lemmings, the DMA guys. I think that's a horrible idea, well, but okay. Well, it, it was very well received. So, you know, I've not played it. Clax. Another yeah. Atari. It's an Atari puzzler from the arcade. Ninja Gaiden. Did you know that one was on there? I, I wouldn't have guessed that. And apparently, one. it's no. pretty popular. Robotron twenty eighty four eighty. Or you know, it, that's I, another one. I, that's another one. That why would you? I wouldn't pick that one. Of course, California Games. That would I pick. The yeah. technical tour de force that was <clears throat> Stun Runner on the Lancers. I'd heard about this one. This thing is impressive. Have you? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, this it, thing is. You're moving in 3D, brother, and it looks yeah, good. Yeah, and, and, that, and it runs in an okay clip. And I remember that I heard a, I read an interview with the program, I believe, and they were talking about how he. I mean, it was he used every trick, you know, to get it. But again, it was the powerful hardware. Well, they said they. One of the tricks with the Lynx is they could scale triangles right. really well. That's what it did. Yeah, and it's really the first home system that had uh, that sort of scaling ability. Yep. And then you've got Rampart, another. Uh, 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 I believe Atari did Rampart. It was yeah. an arcade. Uh, it was. I never played that much. Oh my in gosh! Arcade. Great game. Don't and play it, with the trackball. Play and with the a game stick. that's re- available on every machine, probably available on your calculator, remote for your TV. Chips Challenge, a very popular puzzler. Uh, uh, I, not with me, but people love it. I, I've never gotten into it that much. I guess I'm too, me too dumb <laughs> to, to, pull, to pull to play a Chips Challenge. So uh, we have it. One dead software house. Flash hardware developer. We have one evil tyrant. Uh, with that backdrop, we will move into the game seamlessly. I think we're going to let you start the <clears throat> charge this week. Brent, tell the people what you picked. I picked Crazy Ace Miniature Golf. Uh-huh. And who made that one, Brent? That oh, is, comes to us by the people over at Telegames. Who also brought us the ARG classic, Urban Yeti. You're uh, kidding me. The same people that made Urban people. Yeti. Now, not, now, the difference is, Urban <laughs> Yeti was uh, simply published by Telegames. Uh, this was actually developed and produced by Telegames. I did not know that going in. All I saw was a mini golf game. I thought, man, I love mini golf. And, you know, it's it's tough to screw up. You loved and zany golf, didn't you, back I in did. the day? I did. And, you know, 
Well, I'm going to admit something here on air. My favorite trackball game is mini golf. It's a good. It's not. That's your Madness. favorite. Yes. Truth is there. Let me tell you. What about something. Missile Command? No, mini golf. And it's everything about the game. I love that the opinion. Sound. Explains a lot to me. Oh my gosh, I love the sound. I love the atmosphere. I love the the, the sound effects. I will say it's a good game. Oh my gosh, I'll, I'll, and, I'll, I will give you that. And I was, What about the? Go ahead. Look, I can name a million trackball games. No, that, like better. that is my that is my absolute favorite mini golf. Or, that my absolute favorite trackball game. You mean this one's not your favorite mini golf? No. No, sir. No, no please no, tell sir, the people Bob. what you've done to them. <clears throat> so, Crazy Ace, Crazy Ace Miniature Golf has a weird story behind it. It was supposed to release way earlier than it did. What year did it release, Brent? Uh, it eventually released in, what was it, 1993, I think was the release of it. Um... But it never had, and again, I didn't know this when I picked it, it never had an official store release. It was Stunning. Actually, it was something you could only purchase from telegames. Uh-huh. However, many people still consider it a part of the Lynx library because, unlike most homebrews, it came in an officially licensed box. So... When people who are trying to collect all uh, Lynx games, this is a toss-up. If you don't have this in your catalog, some people are like, it's fine. It wasn't like all the other Lynx games, the release of it. And other people are like, no. No, this is a game. If you don't have it, you don't have all the Lynx games. The real hardcore Lynx collectors, that they demand perfection. I'm going to guess. All, none of them. I'm going to, oh, no. This is a huge scene. Oh, okay. I'm going to guess the ones that say you have to have it are the ones that already have it. So. <clears throat> clearly have not played it. Uh, Well, you know how it is collecting. Not, it, sometimes it's not about the quality. It's about the, the quantity. Uh-huh. Um, so, what is Crazy Ace Miniature Golf? The golf game. And I had high hopes when I fired this thing up. It Even, even with Telegames' history with us on the show, having it load up and it had that logo and that real hard <clears throat> stinger hit and the logo spinning around, you're like, <gasps> no, that's not what I Oh did. my gosh, I was I went, pumped. I went, and the music, it sounded like a, a four-year-old banging it out on one of those Casio no, keyboards you got at no, Radio Shack in the I, 80s. Oh, no, the beginning of this, just the opening splash was amazing. The second I saw that logo come up, I knew we were in for rough seasons. Well, it, I think we can both agree it's all downhill from there. Yes, the lo- rotating <laughs> logo is clearly the best aspect of this cartridge. So, uh, the Lynx, or uh, Crazy Ace is not a game with many options. Your <laughs> options it are... It has no options. Your options are to start, or to start with three friends that will hate you afterwards. Uh, it does let you pick your ball collar uh, from, I believe, four, four. selections. Uh, and then you begin. And you have an okay controlling, 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 just controlling mini golf game. As in, to make the ball go a direction, not necessarily the direction you want it to, but to make the ball go a direction. It uses a line that you pull back, 
using the digital pad, and when you have it the distance away, that's how much power it puts on the ball. It's the zany golf line. Yes. And that aspect of the game is fine. It, it's fine. Every other aspect of the game is horrible. It has bad physics. It has questionable graphics in areas. Some of graphics are okay, but a lot of them are questionable. It has virtually no sound and no... It's, sound that features is, is annoying and god-awful. It has the worst physics I have ever seen. This makes Atari pinball look state-of-the-art. Oh, my God. 2,600 days. The, the, the railings on these uh, mini golf courses have to be made of flubber. I said they were like pinball. You know, they have got they like bounce the back. Actual yeah, solenoid like bumpers. bumpers. Uh, yeah, you can actually hit it and if you get it in a, a corner or something, and the game decides just to back, bounce back and forth in between it, your turn can take like four or five minutes while it slowly loses power. Because for some reason, when the ball hits a rail, it generates more force than when it <laughs> came in, and at no angle. It, it, it's just a random angle. If you if hit you, it, if you're on, if you come down a hill and hit the rail, and then just it just if it doesn't have enough momentum to go back up the hill, it'll bounce forever. <laughs> you just, just sit there waiting for it. <laughs> if you hit a rail at a 45 degree angle, you would expect to come out at a 40. No, no. normally you come out at a 360 degree angle, straight back the same direction that you hit it. Uh, the course. I mean, this is this is crazy ace. Maybe maybe if the courses are fun and interesting, we, we, we've got a, we've got an okay game. There is one course with nine holes, and I put that in quotes yeah, because that's not true. Because there are actually seven holes where hole one and two repeat. On I could not holes believe eight that. And nine. I honestly could not believe. I thought something. <laughs> I, I, there were a multitude of times because we had to emulate this where I thought the emulation had screwed up, but nope, it was the game. <laughs> I had to look it up. I was like, no, no, it's real. So let's say maybe maybe with all these problems, if you at least can sit down with your friends, pass the links around, maybe you still have an okay game. No. On hole one, it has a, a clown head that you hit the ball into, and the clown head spins, again in air quotes, 90 degrees and spit your ball down the course well if you're playing with other people the head does not reset it's still facing the wrong way you're for kidding players me. two you're three kidding four. me <clears throat> now there is a way to get around it if you hit precisely where the teeth where the opening was it won't let your ball go through but the head will turn back around so that your next shot can go into the head where it turns and spits your ball down the course, and then player three has to do the same thing again. <clears throat> okay, so the so the multiplayer aspect's a little messed up, but maybe you can play this on your own. You know, try to get the course, try to get that par score maybe a little bit under. No, that's screwed up too. The par on the scorecard, it has four four mistakes. Of where the par on the hole does not match the par on the scorecard. So they even failed in that regard. <clears throat> now I found a, a lovely gent by the name of John Hardy that reached out to uh, the people at Telegames and said, 
And my game's bugged. Like, you sent me a bum copy. I need you to send me a replacement. The telegame's reply was, no, no, no. They, those are all features of the game. And he was like, no, wait a minute. That can't be a feature. Literally, the first hole is bugged. So everyone except player one is, is handicapped. They have to take a, an extra stroke, at least one, to turn that. He said, no, no, no. In the crazy ace world, when you're first... That gives you an advantage. <laughs> this is from corporate. This is this is the telegames guy, and he said, "Okay, well, what about the scorecard? You've got four scores on it that have the wrong par, and no, we have one that's wrong." And he was like, "No, there's four that's wrong, and who cares if there's four that's wrong or one that's wrong? It's still wrong. Feature. It's a feature." Because no one looks at par. It's all about what you get on the scorecard. So the guy was just... He was really toting the line. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he was toking the line, too. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. The game has some flaws. The game... The game... We both played through it. We played it from beginning to end. Yeah, I did week. complete it. Yep. Uh, not a hard... Not a hard task. No, it is hard. It's hard to not turn that sucker off. <laughs> I did find myself when when the when hole eight was hole one. I was like, that was real soul crushing. Oh, yeah, can't can't even give me nine. That holes. was soul crushing. And the instruction booklet to this is printed is a Xerox copy of a piece of paper folded up and put into the box. Of course. And it, he said in the manual. It says that uh, the developers of, uh, of the uh, Crazy Ace golf course uh, ran out of ideas and was unable to construct holes eight and nine. So they just looped back around. That was their official stance on it. Clearly, this was a product that got, you know, they didn't care. They just shoved it out the door. Way, this is... Unlike Urban Yeti, that has some kind of redeemable quality, if you're, I guess, a masochist, this has absolutely zero redeemable qualities. It is flawed in virtually every way. And that, it's almost impressive. It's almost impressive that a game could be this bad and be considered an official release for the system. So, let's talk reviews. <laughs> okay, yeah, I want to hear these. IGN gave this game a 6 out of 10. You're kidding me. A that is six? A, that is embarrassing. And if you read his reviews, you he was disappointed that holes 8 and 9 were copies of holes 1 and 2. But he thought it fits with the zany atmosphere of the game. Oh, I'm sorry. I would love to know how much that review cost. I would like to. Um, you, are you telling me you think Telegames paid a guy to give him a good review? Yeah. And he came up with a six? Yeah. Didn't yeah. Pay him much. Um, uh, defunct Games. Now, this is a review, a modern review. This is, actually came out this year. Uh, the gentleman gave it a D. But are you he was, kidding me? But he was far less kind in his written review, uh, touting only the graphics. As, as being a, a 
redeeming quality of the system, of the the product. Um, I saw other reviews. Uh, again, this didn't get much magazine or even you know mainstream website press because of the ear the time it came out. Um, I saw one person give it a ten percent, which I think is a fair score. I I think a zero percent is when the game turns on and actually causes damage to your console. That's right. Um, so I have to ask, Aaron, how much do you think this game sells for? You mean to buy it today? Yeah. If you go on eBay and you say, you know what, it's time for a little crazy aces in my well, life. Well, unfortunately, uh -huh. being that you had to mail it to get it, mm -hmm. I, it's probably a, a rare game. It is considered rare, but it, I, I do not think it is considered the rarest. I'm going to say forty bucks. All right, how's that? The the last one of these that sold, which was in 2017, sold for an amazing two hundred ninety-four dollars. Oh, that's the that's the worst bit right there. Two hundred and ninety-four dollars. Oh. <laughs> that one doubles me over. So, all right, uh, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, it uh, it is one of those games that I think Telegames knows what they're doing. I think they know what they're doing because I bet they're setting on a warehouse of these things, and they just sell them out every once in a while. In fact, uh, let me tell you a little story. <clears throat> Telegames sells this game today. Uh -huh. You can go to their website and and, and order it. Uh -huh. and it's it's uh. Uh, with shipping and all the the, the the fat charges and everything, it comes to about $90. Uh-huh. Uh, and people are wanting to collect all the games. You know, that's cheaper than $300, so a lot of people do it. However, they don't have, they don't sell you the box anymore. They don't sell you, or this is what I've heard, because obviously I haven't done it. It just comes with um, a green EEPROM, a green PCB, with an EEPROM on it that you shove in. It's not, you know, the official release game, but they still sell it on their website. So they're kind of screwing people who think that they're buying new old stock when it's really repackaged stock. So you're telling me that Epics, this incredible software developer that developed incredible hardware that went out of business because of shady business practices, they're gone. Yes. But you're telling me Telegames... Developer I'll, of excrement on a chip is still around? Yes. That they, is appalling. Yep. They are alive and well. That is absolutely appalling. And if you have a game that you'd like to get published, if it's a finished product... They don't want it. No. Send, send, them their, send it to them, and they will review it for uh, distribution. I'm serious. I went to their website. Let me talk, <laughs> let me talk about this game for a minute. All right. Go for it. Tell me how much you loved Crazy Ace. I like I like me some mini golf as well. Yeah. In fact, me and the boy on vacation played some legitimate actual mini golf. Yeah. I was kicking it too. You were excited when I picked this game. So weren't you? You were excited when I picked I was, this game. I thought, okay, mini golf will be interesting. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Brent. Yes. I don't know how I, I'm gonna bury you right here on the show. Oh, okay. I thought Urban Yeti was as low as you could go, but no. And what made you think it was a good idea to go find the guys that made Urban Yeti Breeze and then go get this? I didn't. When I go pick a game for this system, I actually go out and look around a little bit. It's like, what might be interesting? You could not have picked a worse game. 
This has got to be the worst game we've ever covered. It's the worst game on the links by a long shot. When I hit that sixth, that eighth hole, and it was a repeat, I couldn't freaking believe it. Yeah. The holes in this, just to get the, I thought they didn't work because I maxed out my score in the first five or six holes because the you had to be pixel perfect to get the ball in the hole. And I mean speed perfect and pixel perfect. And I was playing on a TV. I wasn't playing it on the link screen. So actually, God forbid what you're doing on that screen, trying to see what you're doing. I actually didn't have that much problem. I, I, I scored 10 over 4. When, when I actually sunk a shot, I literally, I, I left in the air, and I was stunned. I couldn't believe it went in. Right? The physics on this are god-awful. They're bad. They're the worst. Yeah. They're the dirt worst. Yeah. The controlling your little, the little dotted line, junk. I hated that. The ball looks stupid. The courses are horrible. There's one course with a cannon. That's the worst. It just shoots the ball. No, it doesn't shoot the it's ball. Sh- yo, it will shoot, knock it backwards. It, it, to, to, put, to paint a picture, there's a cannon that points to a hole that leads to the hole. That kind of gimmick. And all the cannon does is shoot at the, the first hole you have to get into to blow your ball away. That's the whole obstacle. Just repeated cannon. And that one blast. comes up twice. That's what that one, I think that's hole number two. This is, I, you know, me and Boat did the Amigos. We've done this for a long time. And we've done this. We've been, I don't know what episode this is, but we've been taking, this is the biggest, this is worse than first person pinball was. This is worse than freaking anything we've done. Top yeah. banana is better than this. This is hot garbage. It is. And, and now, you should be chastised now, because the Lynx has all these great games, and this is what you brought to the wait, table. Wait, wait, now that's not a little bit. That's a, a little unfair. No, fair. I, I didn't hate him. I don't do research. No kidding. I, I, I find I, what I did to get this game is I did a search for uh, exclusive Lynx games because I wanted to do an exclusive. This is an exclusive, by the way, folks. If you want Crazy Ace in your system. You have to find it on the links. But I did a a search for our uh, exclusive games, and then I said, of these exclusive games, I want to do a sports game. Okay? Now, Uh mini golf being a sport is obviously Yeah, you're really grabbing there. And then I said, okay, of my choices, what do I have? And I said, mini golf. I love mini golf. And I I honestly thought to myself, you can't screw up mini golf. Okay, you thought that didn't I, you? I did. I thought to myself, and that so is, when Telegames was making this, you didn't have any doubts no, at that point. No, no, no. I didn't see Telegames made it. I just, I, I, I like to go in and I like to pick a game that I don't know anything about, and I or a game that I want to learn something new about. And I didn't know anything about this game, and I, I, I'm not going to apologize because I think it was an interesting story. But this game is possibly the worst commercially released game I've ever played. You know the opening we have on this show, for those of you that watch the video, it's me strangling Brent. <laughs> I'm sorely tempted to recreate that right now. You should apologize. It's horrible. And you're, by association, are a horrible man. I accept that. Enough of that. All right, let's see Get what that you out. got. Get it out. What do you? Let's cleanse our palate, if Listen, you will. This is, you talk about the biggest disparity, the biggest gap between crap and greatness. Yeah. We are now, we're walking into that gap. Yeah, I'll agree. You I'll suck. agree. No, you suck. No, no, that's not fair. That's a bad Brent. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a bad Brent. Wrong. Each with a newspaper. So, to switch gears, 
My God, let's switch gears, folks. We are going to look at the game I chose this week, which is Todd's Adventures in Slime World. Yes. Now, from that title, you think to yourself, oh boy, here's another one. This is going to suck. But I, no. I, when you picked it, I thought, man, this is going to suck. So, this was developed by Epics. Okay? Now, you see the disparity right there between uh, Telegames and the people that actually made the console. Okay? Yeah. I want well, to remember that. I mean. Epics made a, a good slew of games on their own little handheld, including Blue Lightning, California Games, Chips Challenge, Electro Cop, here's a, two of my favorites, Gates of Zendoncon, and Zarlar Mercenary. Those are, I don't know about those, but you can't have them all. Uh, this was designed by uh, Peter Engelbright, and uh, the artist Matt Frisdale, which I believe he's uh, a pretty uh, prolific artist this actually got a uh, uh ported to the genesis and apparently also got a port to the uh the pc engine cd or the uh, turbo graphic cd yeah. i didn't get a look at that one so i, 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 I didn't see either it. i, I so, focused totally on the links <laughs> what is pods adventures in slime world this is this game i i gotta tell you uh, again my links experience is is minimal but i had read people talking about this game and so i had to give it a shot the plot of this game is uh, you are Todd, intergalactic stud, who uh, is a member aboard a spaceship that goes around to, these, to this, uh, to, in this case, a slime planet, and goes down and explores a slime planet and looks for uh, slime diamonds. Yes. Okay. Now, right away in this game, there is a difference between the two games is that there are options in this one. Many, many options that you can that you can you can take and one of the things that's awesome about it is they've got the game split into like basically like missions okay yeah there i believe there are nine missions and the missions range from like the very first and easiest mission is explore the slime planet that's right. all you that's all you have to do just is just go in and explore explore the slime planet so um just to explain what the slime planet is and by the way there's an awesome cut scene to begin this where this huge ship comes down over the surface of the slime planet. It lands. It lets Todd out. Todd comes out and descends in, in underneath the ground into the slime planet. So the slime planet play. I've heard this game compared favorably to Metroid. Yeah, I was not a big Metroid guy, uh, but Slime Planet picked Todd as a very large character. He's a good size sprite. Yeah, and. What they do in this game to render the slime planet is that they basically render the tunnels of the slime planet on the screen where he's at. Now, there's darkness above and below. There's a reason for that because sometimes you'll see passages that extend up or down, and, and they will open up, and you can see them. You can actually... This game is one of those great games that you can hold the uh, the controller down or up, and, it, and the screen will slightly scroll up or down to let you know what, you're, what you've got coming. It's very important in a game like this because... There are plenty of the surfaces, the underground uh, caves of the slime planet are very cratery, and there's, there's little pools in there yeah. and there's stuff. So you need to know but what's coming up. Um, Todd controls with the joystick, just like you'd expect, a game pad up, down, left, right. The buttons in this are very cleverly done. So you've got your, you've got your jump button, you've got your uh, shoot button, mm -hmm. then you've got a, sort of a select button to, pit, to go through what your equipment. Right. And then your other button is to use whatever you've yes. selected. It's very simple, straightforward interface, uh, and it works great. I had no trouble picking it up. So 
the slime world is represented as this green slime. And the, all the area is slimy. And then there's, on top of the fact that it's just green and slimy, there are little pools of slime. There are even huge waterfalls of slime, which yeah. really look cool. The whole thing is rendered very well. Todd is rendered great. Yes. He's this sort of uh, uh, guy in like a, a suit, and he has a, basically like a, 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 a full-powered squirt gun, effectively. Yeah. That, uh, and you can get up, upgrades to it to give it to have it squirt more water. It sort of squirts like uh, uh, drip, big drips of water. Yeah, big drops of it. of it, yeah. So on Slime World, and really all the missions have this in common. They all take place underground and, and, yeah. and with That's some variants. Uh, Todd goes around, and his goal is to get these slime diamonds. There's a couple different varieties. There's just like these regulation slime diamonds that when you pick them up, it gives you points, and it, it actually cleans you a little, and I'll explain that more in a minute. And then there are these red ones, that when you get those, they actually make you invulnerable for a little yeah. while, and they, they clean you up. So as Todd rolls through Slime World, he gets slimy, and this slime will eventually, if you cake enough under, it'll kill you. Yes. So he'll occasionally have to find pools of water to go and clean himself off. There's a little animation of him cleaning yeah. up. It takes a second, depending on how much slime you got on you. There are also uh, uh, pools of slime that will, that will, it won't kill you instantly, but it, it'll mess you up. And if you go in there and stay, it'll kill you pretty quick. So uh, along the way, you'll come across various creatures. And I mean, they've got all kinds of disgusting creatures in here. There's weird bugs and maggots and weird flies and all kinds of crazy stuff that, the back of the cave will be ripped open in a few places, and they'll be squirting out slime. Uh, when you kill stuff, it shoots a shower of guts and slime everywhere. Yes. And if you, this will also get on you. There are some creatures that have red guts, and if they get on you, they kill you. The kill, that's, yeah. that's, you're done. Uh, <laughs> there's, there are, uh, there's. I remember one point I got to a point where there's a huge pit, and uh, uh, at the bottom of the pit is a, these gaping jaws of a creature. If you fall in there, it'll eat you. Uh, so there's a lot of crazy monsters in this thing and obstacles. And Todd has to negotiate them with just the equipment he's got. So what are they giving? Well, of course, you've always got your map, and you'll need it because these levels are, are gargantuan. They're huge. They're gargantuan, and they're, they're, they scroll. The map only shows you the general vicinity of where you're at. And, I, and when I say that, I mean, it's a huge vicinity, but I mean... You'll extend off the screen both ways. I mean, it goes way off. And, and I mean, we're talking... 10, 15, even more in places deep yeah. of lines on the map. Right, it's it's a they're they're big maps because this game the, the 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 bottom line of it is to explore. Yeah, it's all exploration, you know. And so so you but you always have your map you can bring up. Then you also get certain amounts of equipment. So you get a thing called a slime shield. You turn that on and you're it, it'll clean you and it also makes you you can go through slimy areas that you couldn't go through. It only lasts for a while. Then you've got, uh, of course, there are upgrades to your gun. They sort of work automatically. Then you've got a, a, a little vial that you can dump in a slime pool, and it will clean it and make it water, so yeah, you can clean, clean off, clean off. Well, yeah. That helps quite a bit. You've got these bombs that you can set off that that will that will blow that will blow stuff up on the screen. It's sort of like time bombs or whatever. Uh, you, and the equipment is you really do need it. A jet pack that comes in handy a lot of times. We need to fly around. So well, that's kind of wonky. No, the jet. No, I didn't have any trouble I with jet. Little, I had problems with it. Uh, one thing I will say is Todd. When you see close-ups of Todd, like at the end of the game and on the screen on the thing, he looks like this kind of California guy. But when you're playing him, it looks like he's got. To me, it looks like he has a big blonde mustache. He reminds me of like a '70s guy, which I think that's better. They should have gave him the mustache. I think it looks cool. And Todd's sort of a cool-looking guy. He just he kind of he rolls up to there. Todd is super, super 
usable character. He, he has can, swagger. He can jump. He can climb. He can climb great, can't he? He does yeah. a real good job yeah. of climbing. You could climb up and down stuff you wouldn't ever think you could do. You can jump and then climb. Uh, he's he's very he's sort of like a '70s Prince of Persia, basically. So it reminds me of he just jumps around. But this game is no Prince of Persia. There's not that it's kind not of that kind of. Flu- it, and he'll, it's not that kind of fluid man animation. He, either. he will sli- He will go. He will <laughs> climb right up slime. Uh, Everything. He'll climb right up anything. Of course, he accumulates slime if you don't have your uh, uh, stuff on you. Again, if you get too much slime, he will die. Uh, if you get hit by certain bad guys, you'll, you'll take damage and die. Uh, again, certain amounts of that, that red guts will kill it's you. In, that's instant. Yeah. I, as far as I can tell, you could there was no you could fall as far as you want. I, I never I didn't see any fall damage. Yeah, I never died from falling. <clears throat> uh, there are stuff that comes up out of the ground and tries to bite you. You know. The, another thing that's awesome about this game is there are tons and tons of secret areas. Oh, it, yeah. Now, I'm not yes. commander exploration, but, I mean, you could get it. I, mean, I have no doubt that you could get in these levels and just pick them apart. And find, even I found some. There's some places, like, the, I mean, there'll be crazy spots. Like, in the bottom of a slime pit, there'll be a secret area, and you'll fall through it, and you can climb back up. It's it's very similar to me. To, it feels a lot like actually exploring caves is what it feels like. I mean, they did a good job of... Setting the atmosphere in this place, the uh, it's got mu- in-game music, it's got yeah. sound effects. Uh, now the music's nothing; it's not like gonna blow your mind, but I mean, it's sort of fitting for the. It, there's a weird vibe that this game sets up. Then you then you feel that way with it. Yeah, it it does make you want to explore as well because when you come to the end of a cavern, it might not be the end of the cavern. If you keep going, you'll actually walk right, you know, not through the wall, but it will open up and you can keep going. Right. So you really, you find yourself jumping where you don't necessarily think you can jump and you'll, you know, bounce around a little bit. There's a lot to explore. There are tons and tons of hidden areas in this. Yeah. Um, Todd uh, will succeed on the first level by simply leaving the level. Yeah, you just walk basically in. It puts you in, and you have to get And I the actually end. beat the level. I don't know if you did. Yes, I beat level one. It took me probably 20 minutes? I, it took me about that long. No, it took me longer than that. It was, a, it was a heck of a, of, a, of a roll. So I tried to... So let, me, let me go over some of these levels, because one thing the game does when it comes up, and it gives you these different levels, but they're more like scenarios really than anything else. Yeah. So the easy level is the one you start on. You just go and try to get through it. And then you've got action... Uh, the, it's a harder level in terms of the bad guys. All right. Then you've got logic, and this is a level where your gun doesn't work, and you've got to basically avoid this stuff without your gun. Which, my God, that sounds incredibly difficult. Then you've got suspense. That level they give you a time limit to escape slime world. All right. Then you've got combat. Uh, uh, one thing I should mention about this game: this game features multiplayer. Yeah. All right. And when I say it features multiplayer, it features the crap out of multiplayer. It does. Eight simultaneous players via the cables can yes. play at once in a uh, sort of a slime world battle royale yeah. where everyone tries to escape but be the first one out, basically. Uh, and I, I would love to try this sometime, but I don't have a links, and I don't know anyone that has this game. I don't have any cables, so it's going to be difficult. <laughs> but it, it was the only game released for the links that featured eight-player multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, I know the instructions say that uh, you're the guy that's blonde. So it says that to everyone. So you, I guess <laughs> right. everyone else is a different color. Speaking of insu- instructions, this game has full online instruction mode. Did you notice that? It literally has an entire manual online. It tells you every bad guy. It tells you every scenario. It tells you what your guy can do. It tells you all the weapons. 
it tells you the monsters' names. It's, I mean, it's just like pages and pages deep uh, manual that's built into the game, hmm. which is awesome. I mean, that's great, especially for a portable game like that, you know. Um, so, th- th- I think that was an added bonus. I mean, these guys really sat down and put together a heck of a game. Now, I've heard people complain about the, the, the movement of Todd. He moves in a, in a, in a um, he's not the quickest mover. I, for me, the movement in this worked the same way that movement in Prince of Persia worked for me because it echoes, you're in a slime world. You're in a slimy environment. And so the movement, it, to me, it adds to the whole atmosphere of the way the game plays. Uh, it, it, I think it's neat the way it works. I mean, you can say that, but the animation is, is not fluid. Well, I think it works. I really do. I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to... I, I think it, I, I had no trouble getting around. I had no trouble... Uh, Todd's really easy to control. He's way easier to control than the Prince of Persia guy. He's just a little loafier on 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 controlling, but I mean, he, and he jumped. His jumps are floaty, you know, a little bit floaty. But you know, if, if you if you once you play it for a few minutes, you won't have any trouble. I should also mention one of the weapons you get is a is this thing that basically is a lure slime to a point. You know, it's like a slime lure basically. Right. There's a few other things there, but I mean, uh, um, you get your and your gun can get upgraded as you go, which is also nice. Um, but the game is basically just traversing these many, many screens of of, uh, of slime. Yeah. Now, the screens do scroll, but they also you'll go through doors, and when you do that, the whole screen sort of scoots across. Yes. You know, in the kind of your classic uh, computer sort of way, but it works in this game because it keeps it. It sort of keeps what's over there hidden from you when yes. you go through the door. I can't tell you. I can't stress enough the exploration. Uh, uh, angle this game runs is really good. It is. I mean, I think, and for a game that comes out and came out in '90, so this was, you know, right. It was pretty much very in, early in the on. height yeah. of, of, of. Well, I mean, it's right there in the middle. But I mean, this game should have been the game that made the system. I, I'd never heard of this game until we researched them, and I can't figure out why because it is a great game. I sat and played this game for hours, uh, and just enjoyed the heck out of it. I thought to myself, man, you could take this on the road. It's amazing. This is a portable game. Because this blows away a lot. I mean, you could have released this on any system. Any system. Now, yeah, the, 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 I agree. The few ports it got, they revised the multiplayer. And they revised it downward. Yeah. Uh, they, well, it was split screen. And they also added, they changed the way the map works. You don't want an always present map either. Because part of this game is had to open that map up, find a safe place to look at it. It really brings it home that you're in this weird alien world. And when you finally escape, your guy will trudge back over the ship, this cool ship, and it picks him up and it shoots off. And then you'll get the, you know, you defeated slime where all the, the graph and yeah. they'll give you the thumbs up yeah. and the little, you know, thing. They really, I think they covered every base on it. I mean, you've got multiplayer, you've got great single player exploration, you've got nine different levels, and these levels are radically different. I mean, they make it, they make it the game. More interesting in different ways. They used the engine they had, and, and Roy thought of some creative ways. It's got the online manual. I don't think there's any way you could badmouth this one. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed this game, um, I, I, but that is not to say it was flawless. One thing I had a huge problem with is it puts so many power-ups and so many gems and stuff in the world that it was overwhelming. That was the first and level, though. It wasn't like that on the other levels. That was the easy it, level. Well, 
Well, then that was a poor choice for the easy level. And it was sort of like that even after the fact. But you can only hold so much as well. And But that's the problem. Since you ha you can't just walk over the item and magically pick it up. You have to bend down. You have to stop at each item, press down on the control pad to pick it up. And sometimes you'll go over the item, put down, and it'll say, you already, you're full of this. And the items, in my opinion, were not graphically different enough for me to keep track of if I had already, if it told me once, okay, you've already got enough of this, and then it, it showed up again later in the level, I'd be like, I don't know if I have this. I picked up every, I tried to pick up everything I came across, and it would often say I had it. I'll grant but you that. that's the problem. That is that you 100% hit it on the head. I tried to pick up everything, which slowed down the progress of the game, and it, it that, I didn't like. Again, that's the first level is the one that has, well, has all the I, items. I agree, but also level two was at least the beginning part of it that I played still had tons of stuff littering the floor. Um, I didn't think that was that big a deal. <clears throat> I, I liked that you could take your, your water cleanser and cleanse huge... The, there were a couple of rooms with huge lakes of the stuff that yeah. you had to have the cleanser to put it in the water to go through. I thought that was or the neat. slime shield. Yeah, yeah. Well, most, the room I'm thinking of was probably too long for the slime shield. I just cleansed the water. If you go real fast, you can make it. Um, the I wish that the game was more like Metroid in that you picked up an item and then you equipped that was part of your equipment. Now I wish it had that aspect. Um, you, now, did, you didn't like going through, cycling through the equipment? No. No, I didn't, because I had trouble, especially, like, when you're in a hurry trying to get a slime shield on, if a, if a monster, a couple of the monsters bounce around the room, mm -hmm. and you see them, and you're like, oh, crap, I want to put my shield on real quick, and it's it's tough to find the item you need, because there's no going back. It's a one-way trip around the site. And, and what, what controller were you using on I used keyboard. Did they... I had no trouble. I played this on the Xbox, and I had no trouble doing that. I thought it was well, very intuitive. It, it, it wasn't. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you scroll and you go past the item you want, you have to keep going all the way. I think you went faster around. than I did through the levels. I actually well, I went slower because I, I wouldn't have time. After I, I found that the best solution is when you go into a room and you see that the, that sort of monster or something you want to use an item, the best thing to do stop, turn around, go back, because especially where the screen scrolls, uh, it when it's off screen, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so you can get your items together, get them ready, go back into the room, hit your items, and then deal with it the way you want That's to. Right. Um, but I don't like that. I want to just be able to go. I'm, and you're probably right. I'm, maybe I was trying to go through it faster than than the game wanted me See, to. See, I'm, I'm not a Metroid fan, okay? And okay. so... I don't have any... I like the exploration of it. Oh, it sort of reminded me... It was almost like a modernized version of Hero. Where you don't have... There's no time limit. I could go through and look at these cases. Well, Metroid doesn't have a time limit. Well, I'm just, but I mean, it's, it's a much quicker paced game. And we should also mention... I forgot that the save states... The save areas, the spawn points of when you get killed are great. They do a great job of that. You never feel like you're getting penalized... But they, they're very yeah, plentiful. They, they don't put you, you way can see back where in they're time. At. Yeah. You know, so that's great. There, as far as I could tell, there was no limit on the amount of men you had. They could just play it till you... Till we, I, don't, I never ran out of men. I, I, I only died maybe once or twice the whole time. Oh, so I died I tons know. of times. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, at the beginning, I was like, man, I'm getting killed left and right. But, I mean, I, 
I, I thought I liked I liked the the way you uh, it, you could see where you were going to stop. There's even areas in it where I don't know if you ever got this or, or played this up, but there's, there's an area in it where you see these little sparkly things, and when you go through them, it doesn't hurt you, but it destroys all your equipment. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, which I thought was cool. When you die, of course, you don't have bring back anything but the map. Right. Uh, so. I, I, again, I like the I like the exploration aspect of it, and that's not I something I normally dig. I do too. You know? But I mean, uh, you can't run through it like a breakneck speed. It's not that kind of game. No, you can't. You're right. And the uh, the reason why we're having different level one experiences is because you can definitely be in areas that the other one didn't go through. Uh, there, like you said before, there are so many hidden areas. Yeah, it is crazy. And that was another thing I kind of didn't like. Uh, when you go, like I went down into a hidden area once, and, and I explored. It was a you know a couple screen lengths of cave, and I it had some items and blah blah and a, a water hole. And but there was nowhere else to go. I had to go back up. To I know the exactly what you're talking and about. And I couldn't find where to jump back up. It's easy. I used to look at your map. I went right I, directly but, to the, the. It's a map. I went right directly to the point. I know exactly what you're talking about. I had the same experience. Opened the map, looked at the little tunnel, and it walked under it, jumped up, and climbed right see, out. See, I, I don't want to have to go to my map every time to find what I should be able to see because I came down from it. No, it's a slime cave, again, dude. I'm not killing this game. I'm nitpicking this game. Okay, the game is excellent. I would give it an easy 8 out of 10 for a, 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 a game. And this isn't just a game on the links. It's just this is a game I could sit down and play maybe if I was a little less pressured for time because I was pretty busy this week uh, and was able to sit down and say, you know what, I'm just going to relax with this game rather than how far can I get in this game. I would have had a better experience. Well, I will tell you, this is one of the best games we've played on this show, in my opinion. I think it's a tremendous game, Ooh, and the fact that this is out on the links blows my mind. I just think it's a great game. If you think about the portability of it, I urge you, I strongly urge you to dig up a, an emulator and give this a whirl. And if you have a links, go pick it up. I mean, it is, it is tippity-top of the food chain, in my opinion. Uh, and I wasn't alone. The reviews were pretty good. Some of these are going to make you cringe. So... Uh, CBG, that's Computer Video Games, gave it a, a 90% on the links. Okay. Uh, now, EGM looked at the Genesis version, gave it a 6.25 out of 10. But again, I've heard the Genesis version, it's a little lacking. So you're saying it's on par with uh, Crazy Golf. Ray's, no, wait, I'm getting there. Ray's gave it a 92%. Now, this is the one that really sticks in my craw. All right. IGN uh -huh. gave this 7 out of 10. It gave your game six. So you're telling me this is one click back from that the, the abomination? That's I, tremendous. I find that appalling. That's tremendous. Um, so to close this one out, uh, if you are uh, uh, looking for this on eBay, you can get a... It's very reasonable. Uh, it's funny, the games for the links aren't too bad. I thought they'd be really bad. Uh, $300. Well, yeah. I said games. So 24 to 35 bucks boxed. Not wow. bad. Yeah. Six, 15 bucks loose, and I saw a sealed copy go for 40 bucks. Wow. Sealed in box. Wow. So, you know, that's, I'll that's just say, uh, uh, having never played this game, or like you, I'd never heard of this game, this is a real winner. This is definitely something people should, if they have the ability, uh, set down, maybe have a, have a brew nearby. Uh, or your yeah. favorite mix. It's drink. definitely that kind of game. And, and and don't try to rush it like I did because you won't have a good experience. And if you have this emulated, step back in your easy chair. It plays beautifully on the full size TV without any problem. Yes. So 
with all that out of the way. Hit the music. Alright. Here we go. What did we add to the wheel this week? So this week, Brent, we added, and we've got some uh, suggestions for wheel ads, but this week we stuck on a 1970s arcade. Yes. Uh, if that one comes up, we will pick uh, a couple games from the 1970s arcade scene. Probably going a little what was going on back in the 1970s in the arcade. Yes, because it was a it was a it was a good time. It was an interesting time. One sure. thing I wanted to mention was a couple weeks ago we added the Action Max here. I actually saw an Action Max in a store yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Uh, there, so there are people that still have these things. So if that comes up, we'll be going to go own one. So we're going to get. Well, let's fire this thing up. And see All how right, we do. Brent, I'm going to let you do the honors this week. All right, are we ready? Get this thing you you, okay, you go got ahead. a preference, Aaron? No, I, I love everything. All the time. I, you know what? I could, I can kind of do a repeat. Maybe get a 1970s one for one up here. All right, go for it. Oh, oh slime world! It slimed the wheel a little bit and stopped us on oh, Chad's no. choice. Brent, explain how that's going to work. Okay, Chad's choice. We are going to spin the wheel again and do whatever it comes up with for next week. That's right. However. In the uh, comments below, comment what system or era of gaming you'd like us to cover, and we will do that the week after That's as right. your request. It we'll is. give you a week to get your choices together. So this is your choice. So please, if you're watching this video, leave a comment under the video with some suggestions, and we will take the majority winner. Uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing what you guys are interested in. So Brent, give it another whirl. All right, here we go. We want to put it on another piece. Nah, nah. What's the odds I got to do Oh, the Intellivision. The Intellivision. That one's been, that one's a good one. So, next week, to recap, we will be doing the Intellivision. Two games from that very interesting system. I own three of these, by the way. Um, but, let's get back to Chat's Choice for a moment. Because uh, this is the first time this has ever come up. Yes, ARG first. People power. This yes. is power of the people. If you watch this show, you can give me... There are two different ways that you can send in a suggestion for the system. Number one, we now have an email address, right? Yes. ARG presents at mail.com. M-A-I-L. That's right, dot com. ARG presents at mail.com. You can send us an email with your system suggestion. And if you want to throw out a couple game suggestions, that's cool too, but we're just going to go with the system and we, we'll look at what you ask for. Now, are we going to let them, let's just let, leave it open to anything. We'll yeah, do anything it, you want, even it, if it's something we even covered. Even if it's a repeat. Even if it's something we covered, because we had some people asking about if we're going to come back to send some shirt. And this is a good way to do it. So you can leave an email at argpresents at mail.com. Number two, you can leave a comment under the YouTube video. We'd be more than happy to look those over. We will... We will uh, take all that information, see what the big winner was, and feel free to lobby for your suggestion. Leave a comment. Leave a couple comments. Get it over. We don't mind. And we will pick the suggestion next week. A week we after will, next. Uh, uh, next week. On next week's show, after we do the Intellivision, we will, we will announce what won the chat choice. Yes. So it should be good. So, Roy, you've got uh, uh, one week to get those to get those suggestions in. I'm looking forward to this because we we haven't we haven't really got to do anything with the chat. Should, should be, be fun. Should, should be. be fun. Now getting back to the Intellivision, um, you never we never had Intellivision when we were growing up. We knew plenty of people that did. And so you've got you've played quite a few Intellivision oh, yes. games. Huh? So oh, you're, yes. you're, what do you think? You looking forward to I'm this? I'm ready. One? Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward one. to it as well. So that means next week 
we'll dip our toe in the pool of Intellivision. So, until then, have a good, safe week, and hit have the road, a good Jack. One.